Well, good evening. Uh, what a blessing to be here. Thank you so much for um, coming. Uh, uh, not watching the Super Bowl game as well and, and listening to God's Word. I know that there are some people also that, you know, sometimes it's not as easy to say, well, um, watching the Super Bowl is, is bad and coming to church is good. Sometimes, you know, um, there are circumstances in which... Um, in which uh, it's it's better to stay home, and and I I know that it's a little uh, hard that what I'm saying, but I know somebody that was uh, talking to me and, and saying talking about that, and um, uh, it was a way to preach the gospel watching the Super Bowl. So, um, but uh, God brought you, so I think uh, that that's a place that you have to be right now today. So, um, well, my name is Josue. Uh, if you were in the morning. Um, Pastor Josh, was in, in, Josh Moody was introducing me. I can't say Josh because there's so many Joshes, right? So Pastor Moody was introducing me to the church, and uh, it was uh, truly a blessing to receive the welcoming from the church. I'm from Honduras, uh, and I got married over here. God gave me the privilege to have a wonderful wife that loves the Lord and uh, gave me the, the gift of having two daughters, and we're waiting for our, our third uh, um, uh, baby also in June. So... Uh, really a blessing, and now I have the opportunity to preach God's Word, which is something that I love so much, and um, today I'm going to be on Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. God's word says, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-control, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slenders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger man to be self-controlled. Let's pray. God, be with us tonight. I want to ask for your Holy Spirit to guide me and to open our hearts to your word so we can comprehend your message and be challenged to put in practice the exhortation to leave out the gospel that we profess to believe. Be with us tonight. And help us to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was worried about teaching my daughters the gospel the right way. So we're consistent with my wife on reading the Bible every, every day. And I was worried that they weren't understanding. You know, she's four and she doesn't understand um, 
the, the Faisolas yet. Um, so I was concerned. And I asked Pastor Josh Moody, um, looking for advice. And so my concern is, how can I teach my daughters the gospel the best way? What were the right words that I have to use? Or, or what material could I use? And, and he encouraged me to keep teaching the Bible, the Bible to, to my girls. But he also told me something that took a weight out of my shoulders. He said, he said this. If kids have to choose between what we do and what we say, they will understand our words through what we do. In other words, what he was telling me, I understood it, was to teach my daughters the gospel. I need to leave out the gospel so they can see it through me. And this is the same thing that is happening in Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. So the title of my sermon today is The Harmony with Sound Doctrine. The Harmony with Sound Doctrine. Or the Harmony of Sound Doctrine. And through this passage, I want to encourage you to be, as verse 1 says, what accords to sound doctrine, to be what accords with sound doctrine. Live a life in harmony with sound doctrine. Now, notice that I'm using the word uh, harmony instead of accords. Um, and, and this is because in music, harmony builds upon an already existing melody. And a harmony needs a melody to exist. When the harmony and the melody agree, there is produced a pleasing sound to our ears or a pleasing song. So in our passage today, the melody is the sound doctrine and the harmony is our lives. But if our lives are not in harmony, with sound doctrine, verse 5 says, the word of God will be reviled. He says, be what accords, or teach what accords, teach them to be what accords with sound doctrine, that the word may not be reviled. And that can be harmful. If we are not in harmony to sound doctrine can be harmful. It's a matter of life and death. That important this is. So Paul makes the exhortation in Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through, through 6, when he says, Teach what accords with sound doctrine, that the word of God may not be reviled. Christians are to be in harmony with sound doctrine to defend God's word from unfair criticism. And this inconsistency between our lives and the sound doctrine is a matter of life or death. Not just to those around us, like our children, our neighbors, um, our co-workers, or our classmates. But it is also a matter of life or death to ourselves. 
I'm telling you why. Because if we are not in harmony with sound doctrine, exists the possibility that we are not authentic Christians. We're just nominal Christians. We say we're Christians. We're not. We're still in rebellion against God, and because of that, we're condemned to separation from God. So, to revile God's word, it's a matter of life or death. In fact, that's what happened in chapter 1. We were reading so much about that in the last couple of weeks. Verse 16 says, They profess to know God, but they deny Him by His works. Christians don't look like that. Christians profess to know God, and they confirm their faith in God by whom they are. We are not talking here about being sinless or perfect in every single thought or act. But Christians cannot be described as always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Right? We're called to stand out different to what the corruption of our culture says that's normal. That's a matter of life or death. So the exhortation for us in Titus 2, verses 1 through 6, is Christians, college church, be in harmony with sound doctrine to save lives. Be in harmony with sound doctrine to save lives. Now, I've been talking about sound doctrine, but what is sound doctrine? Let me just give you a brief explanation on what I uh, think that Paul is uh, describing as sound doctrine. That also can be translated as a healthy teaching. Because sound, uh, it's a fancy way to say healthy. So, chapter 2 starts with the first uh, phrase is, But, as for you, there is a contrast. As for you, referring to, the context in chapter 1, there was an unhealthy, not sound, but unhealthy or corrupt teaching going on in Crete. And Titus has the responsibility now, but as for you, teach, to teach, not a corrupt teaching, but one that is healthy. That one that is in harmony with the healthy teaching. So, Titus, I think, um, Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, gives us a good idea of what Apostle Paul is thinking when he says sound doctrine. And I think if we read carefully those verses, uh, Apostle Paul is saying that sound doctrine is a group of core truths that bring assurance about eternal life. And that is revealed through God's word. So, some doctrine is a, a, a group of, of, of core truths that bring assurance about eternal life. And uh, 
well, we could say that's the gospel, but um, also in chapter 3, Titus chapter 3, because you have your Bibles right there, verses 4 to 7, there is a good summary also what I think Paul could be saying uh, that's sound doctrine that he is preaching. And he says something like, God saved us not because the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, but the renewal of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm paraphrasing this whole section. And say that those are the core truths that I define as a sound doctrine. We have not clearly the definition of Apostle Paul and saying, this is the sound doctrine that I'm preaching. But it's definitely a healthy teaching whose source is, is the Bible. And, and, and that is also working against an unhealthy teaching going on. That is making people sick spiritually. But this healthy teaching is, has the goal of matching that gospel that we believe and help people to recover from this confusion, this confusion that is going on in, in Crete. Now, we'll transition, knowing this, that the point of our passage is that our lives must be fitting into that sound teaching, not like the false teachers that denied the gospel with their works, now we're going to spend our time talking about verses 2 to 6 and seeing what is that teaching that matches the sound doctrine. What is, what is, what is that that we have to look after as, as Christians? So let's spend some time on that and let's look at these things. So there are 21 commands. So we spend like three minutes in each. You know, how much is that? One hour? <laughs> There's 21 commands. And so then we have also, just to give you a little bit of context, four groups of people. Uh, we have older men. We have older women. We have younger men, younger women, and younger men at the end. So we have different gender and ages over here going on. And I think uh, that... The emphasis of Paul is not in the gender or the age of the people, of each of the groups. But in fact, he's talking about the greater demands, if you notice in the text, that the older folks have. They are called to be kind of more godly than the younger people. If you notice the first section, and it's breaking two parts, older people and younger people. Older people seem to be more mature, and younger people are making their first steps, like trying and being trained by the older people. And, and that is the interaction that I see between the ages. Uh, so having these 21 commands that these people have to pursue... There is a principle, um, the interaction between these commands that, that governs the text. And, and I just want to summarize it in, in three ways. Number one is uh, that harmony with the sound doctrine is progressive. You see the genders over there? And, and the, the ages, especially, not the genders, the ages. Uh, 
there is a, uh, a greater demand. So it's progressive. The less time you have in the gospel, the less mature you are. The longer time, the more mature you should be. It is progressive. The harmony is progressive. Number two, that harmony is public. That means that it is seen by all people, inside the church, outside the church. People knows about those Christians. They know if it's mature or not by their behavior because their behavior reveal who they are. Mature or immature, it is public. So that harmony is it's, uh, progressive and it's also public. And then the third element that I see is that that harmony, it is also being taught. I didn't find a P for that, so you could, like, you know, memorize it. I want to say proclaim, but that's like public. We see an interaction one-to-one over here as well. So uh, it, is, it is taught. The Christians are called to teach to the others, the ones that are younger, so they can follow the example. They're also showing up how to be like that and having as the foundation the sound doctrine. They know, they, they know the, the sound doctrine and they leave the sound doctrine so they can teach the sound doctrine. Let's talk about those three things over there in those uh, five verses from 2 to, from two to 6. Uh, it is, this harmony is progressive, it's public, and it has to be taught. Um, so, um, yeah, these demands, I was saying, and the older people are, are greater, are greater for uh, the older folks than for the younger people. It seems unfair, but it is fair because even uh, Apostle, in, in the Bible, we see that Apostle Paul says, that the, the ones that are going to become um, um, pastors or elders, they cannot be new in the faith. They have to have certain experience. So the call uh, from the Lord comes after certain times, after uh, this person receives certain maturity. So there's definitely a pattern on, on, on being a long time in the faith. So... The call, although, it is not about age. So it doesn't matter how old you are, but how long you've been in the faith. So the call to be mature is not just for older people, but for younger people as well. Depending on how much time you've been spending and you're growing in the faith. I... I had good memory of, of dating with my wife, and it is that, um, well, we our first four dates, I, um, I told him, uh, so do you want to go eat out? And she said, well, I have a rule. Um, I don't go eating out after, but after four dates of coffee. <laughs> okay. Well, I like you, so let's go for coffee. Um, so we went for coffee, and um, and and we had you know I I the first time we had coffee we had a long conversation it was really fun, 
Uh, and, I, and I thought, this girl is like, she's, gonna, she's not going to call me back or she's not going to respond to my text because she's too pretty for me. And, you know, and, and I, I mean, I was excited, but I think I'm not going to the second coffee date. And I texted her and, and she replied back and I was excited too. So then she said four coffees, right? So the next time I invited her to have two coffees the same day, you know, and uh, so I was trying to make my way over there. But um, so this was during the pandemic. And, um, and, and so the coffee shops closed. And so it was really bad. So I thought maybe I have to read in between lines. Maybe it's not coffee. It's just going out, right? So what we did is we started running. She likes to run. and She's a good runner. She's better than me. Uh, I like sports, and um, so if, if, if it's running behind, uh, after a bowl, I run. But just running for no reason, right? that no, doesn't make sense. But I like her, so I said, I'm going to run with you too. Teach me, right? So I got my shoes and everything, and let's go for a run. And she, she showed me so many um, parks and, 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 and places, so I kind of learned to love running. But I wasn't a, a runner, Right, like I run fast, and after ten seconds, I'm out. Um, so she taught me to run. She's like, "Slow down, you don't have to go too fast." She's like, "No, I'm faster than you." And then she just kept going. Uh, so the first time, uh, so she was running by that time, like between five and ten miles easily. You know, she was training, and, and easily she she would run ten miles. And and so the first, she was very compassionate to me. So with the first time, we ran uh, one mile, and that was it. Uh, so I run, and my, my ankles hurt, like, you know, everything. Um, so, but I like her. So I, I said, oh, yeah, let's go run again. And so we went the next time. Now we're going to run two miles. So the goal was to uh, increase that because other will be really boring. And I wanted to spend more time with her. So the second time we ran two miles. And, you know, hanging in there, like, you know, try to sleep well and keep it up with her. Um, and then so we just kept increasing the miles and kept increasing and, 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 and just praying that I will make it. Uh, and, and I did it. So at some point, we ran after several months and runs. We ran consistently because we like each other. Uh, we ran 50, uh, 15K. 15K. And we did it. Like, I never did that. It was really, really, really nice to do it with her. Uh, great experience. But look, look at this. Running. It is also like our passage today. You don't run 15K the first time. You're just going to fall to the ground. And what Apostle Paul is saying is this harmony with the sound doctrine, with the faith that you have in this sound doctrine, this belief is progressive. And that's why in verse 6, I think Apostle Paul is saying, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. That's it. If they make it with that, that's like running one mile. You are new in the faith. Just learn to be self-controlled. Let's see if you can manage that. It's new in the faith. Do that. So, it is progressive. But it's progressive to a point where we are aspiring to be like 
the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be like him. We want to grow and we want to reflect this passage right here. It is not an impossible passage. I know people that look like this and that are showing this passage like this right here. As I said before, they're not sinless, but they reflect these characteristics. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, I, I want to encourage you that if you feel that you have areas in your life that you need to work with, just keep going, keep training. Encourage yourself. You're not ready to run too long in your spiritual life yet, if you're new in this, but you can keep growing. And that is the encouragement of the passage. It is encouraging, and it's telling you, keep going to accomplish that harmony with the sound doctrine. Oh, the second thing is that this harmony with the sound doctrine is it's a, a public testimony. Everybody's seeing it. So picture a musician. Yeah, he can practice privately, but when he performs, he's performing his music and the, the harmony and the melody of his music before an audience. So I think that there is also witnesses looking at you as a believer and looking at me as a believer. And there is a parallel between the first three, um, the three things in verse, uh, in verse uh, let's see, over here, the Bible, verse 2 and verse 3. So we, verse 2, we have um, older man, and, and he has six things, but the first three, I think, are connected with the first three things that older woman has to do. Or to be. Um, older men, let me just put them one besides the other to see how is that connected. How is it connected? Um, older men are to be sober-minded and older women are to be reverent in behavior. These men are cautious about what they do. And the women are reverent in their behavior, which is something that people see. The second parallel over there connection is that older men are to be dignified, and older women are to be are, are, are to be not slanders. So dignified is a is a man. This is a man that is honored by everybody. Everybody says this man is really a, a, a venerable person. And and now the the older women are commanded not to be slanders. Gossiping, which is also displayed publicly, and which is the opposite of being honored. And so, what Apostle Paul is saying is, don't be slanderous, don't do that. Instead, be dignified with your behavior. Uh, older men, the third thing over there is, older men are to be self controlled. And look at, I like this connection over here. And all the women are to be not slaves to much wine. So, uh, these parallelism speaks of public behaviors. And, and not slaves to much wine speaks about what happened when the, with a person that uh, depends on alcohol. And they are controlled in their behavior by the not being sober. 
by being drunk. So they don't know what they're doing because they're drunk. Many will not remember what they did the day before because alcohol was controlling them. But instead, Apostle Paul is saying, be self-controlled. So, just to give you an illustration of this, I've seen uh, the lack of self-control and something that I really enjoy, which is soccer. I like playing soccer. Um, we call it football, by the way, in, in Latin America. A man, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I enjoy doing that. And I have witnessed people who, lo- who they, they lost their self-control when they are uh, playing sports. Have you seen that? Everybody's watching them play that sport. And because of their madness in the moment, they lose their self-control and they can do very crazy things. And those things are going to be regretted yesterday. I don't know how it's possible. I was doing that because they didn't want it to do it, but they lost their control of themselves. So, it is in reality not the circumstance of being in a soccer game or in any sport what makes the person to lose their self-control, but it's their own heart what makes them to lose their self-control. And the circumstance is just revealing something that was already there. So I remember uh, playing soccer one time in, in college in Honduras, and uh, there, there was this guy that he was really good at kicking you and slapping you in the face sometimes uh, without the referee seeing him. So he kicked me a couple of times, um, and, and so I wanted revenge. I was losing my self-control, and I tried to do the same. So what happened is that he was so good that he slapped me, he slapped me in the face, and, and I got a yellow card. That good he was. <laughs> and so the second slap in the face was when I read the Bible, went to pray, and God convinced me of my lack of self-control. And I just noticed that that was there already, and I needed to grow in my self-control. There is opportunity to grow. There was opportunity to me. And I think that I am very different than what I was probably those 10 years ago. And that should be the case for us. And in 10 years from now, I also want to be more uh, godly than today. And that should be what we are, uh, are looking for. But guess what? Before the audience over there in, in that game, I lost, self, I lost self-control. Before that other uh, teammate or uh, player, soccer player, I lost self-control. And I left down God's word because of that. So there is room to grow. There is always room to grow for us. Um, so we, we can grow in these things and uh, ask the Lord for help. So now we have the third thing. We we're saying this... Uh, uh, harmony with sound doctrine is progressive 
it's also a public testimony, but now it is necessary to, to uh, uh, has to be taught this harmony with uh, sound doctrine. Now, let's see where we find that. Uh, in first place, we see verse 2, older men are to be, we mentioned the first three, but the second uh, half of the verse says, they are to be sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. So for older men, they are to be sound. These are more subjective things that the, the man has to be. He has to be sound. Uh, again, he's using this language of healthiness. He has to be sound in love. So that means that you can be unhealthy in your love, faith, and steadfastness. And this soundness comes from a good understanding of sound doctrine. How do you understand good love? How do you understand how faith works? How do you understand to be persevering? Just by knowing the good doctrine. And now we have the second also half on older uh, woman. And he says, uh, they are to teach what is good. And actually, a better way to translate that, I think, would be, they are to be teachers of good. They are to be teachers of what is good. So, he's talking about their knowledge of the sound doctrine, but for what end? And I think that the end of knowing that sound doctrine appears um, in verse 4. And it says, And so train the young woman to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands. So the purpose is to train. They, the older woman, already went through a lot of these things. They are in a different phase in life. They are not raising children anymore, probably. But they are... And this doesn't mean that a mature woman could be raising children. But the point is that they are in a different spiritual phase of life. And now they are training other women. And so men are sound in faith and love and steadfastness. So they can train younger men to be self-controlled in all of these things. And teach them the sound doctrine as well. And model the sound doctrine so they can be the same. So this harmony with sound doctrine is to be taught. But it cannot be taught if it's not known. We need to experience it before teaching it. There's no teachers that haven't experienced that that they know before teaching it. It is not possible. So these harmony with sound doctrine has to be grabbed and then delivered. And you might be thinking and throughout the sermon, you know, Josue, that you're saying sounds really good. I think it is good for other people. But right now, I'm going through a really difficult time and I think I need to hear something different. 
And I want to tell you, no, this is what you need to hear. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I know one man who, in the moment most difficult of his life, when he was to the edge of the precipice of death, he cried out to the Lord and he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours. This man was in harmony with sound doctrine, even in the moments most difficult of his life. Even when he was hanged to the cross, he was consistent to sound doctrine. And he said, it's done. A man is Jesus Christ who was also dying that day, but at the third, on the third day he resurrected and he got victory from his harmony with the sound doctrine and he came alive again. He wasn't just consistent or in harmony with sound doctrine, but Jesus Christ defined sound doctrine. And because of his harmony and his example, we can also be in harmony with sound doctrine because of the sacrifice and the death and the resurrection and the victory of Jesus Christ, you are also allowed and empowered by the Holy Spirit and His Word to also do this, to be in harmony with the sound doctrine. Yeah. We have that from the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Even more so, Jesus said, you're not alone. I'm going to the Father, but I will send the Holy Spirit not to be with you, but to be in you. And He is empowering you today and the rest of your life to grow progressively, to display that melody of the sound doctrine through your life. I moved um, to Lombard in uh, last year to, to come and start attending college church. And, well, I thought uh, we were moving all of our things, my wife and, and the girls and my things. You know, my things were probably in a corner of the truck. The rest of the things were mine. Um, so we... Um, we're getting ready. It was a Thursday, and we thought, well, on Friday we're moving in, and uh, it's going to be a lot of work. But my my wife is is really strong, and and he and she she will make it through, and and we work together pretty good, and we had a friend helping us as well. So we thought this is going to be uh, this is going to be all right. It's going to be a lot of work, but we'll be all fine. So, but. Uh, I had a good surprise on the day we moved in into Lombard. And that is that we found uh, around 10 people helping us from college church to move in into our new apartment. And it was so quick. 
and 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 more than the help that I really appreciate, what I love the most and I'm never gonna forget is uh, the people that were living in harmony with sound doctrine that day. And from now on, on I've been received uh, m- my family and I by many people that are reflecting this passage exactly how we read it. I'm not saying they're perfect, but I can see mature and godly men and women that encourage me to pursue that same thing. May the Lord help us to be models as well of that example that Jesus Christ has given us and that this passage can be a reality in our lives. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. It is so rich, but also it is simple in the sense that, Lord, what you are saying here is something we have to live out. It is a beautiful message. Be with us, Lord. And help us to do this as you empower us through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.